It is just about time for the main event. Tennessee and Georgia. What's Tennessee's path to a victory? Yeah, we're going to talk about a competitive football game. I know last week happened, but what does Tennessee need to do to make this uh, anybody's ball game in the fourth quarter? That, Boogie Bentley, a whole lot more. It's your Friday, Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com slash Locked On College. Use that promo code Locked On College for a first deposit match up to $100 as daily fantasy sports made easy. Got a fun show coming up today. We're going to continue to preview Tennessee and Georgia. We'll chat with Boogie Bentley. He drags me through the mud. We get a little wacky, a little crazy. And so it uh, should give you uh, some good vibes, good feelings heading into uh, the weekend. So uh, a lot to get in store. We kind of already did our Georgia, you know, who are they diving into the stats and all that earlier in the week. But uh, here in this segment, I kind of want to just kind of lay out what I believe is going to be Tennessee's keys to, to finding success in this football game uh, against Kentucky, against uh, Georgia. Uh, but first, I do want to uh, share something from a press conference on Thursday. Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach, um, he met with the media, and uh, he was asked about the environment, about Georgia, and um, you know what, what what his mindset is kind of heading into the weekend. You know Tony Vitello is a big fan. If you're watching on YouTube right now, I've shared the screen. If not, listen to this. This is Tony Vitello about the weekend and the game against Georgia, the football game against Georgia. The, the whole week is insane. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff going on, so I'm glad you asked. I, I don't know where to start. I mean, if you're going to start, I think you start with Dolly Parton. Uh, she was on the Howard Stern show yesterday. I called into the radio show for the first time in my life to try and let her know how much she does for the state of Tennessee. Uh, I got rejected. So uh, maybe I'll get to say hello to her in person. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs can have Taylor Swift all they want. We'll take Dolly Parton on, on Saturday. So anyway, that's uh, Tony Vitello. And again, he, he is a uh, Tony Vitello is a freaking man of the people. Um, it, it, it's wild when you think about it because. Um, he was made to be in front of a camera, but he's just a football fan like all of us. And he goes out there and he's crazy on the sidelines and he watches and he follows and recognizes that Dolly Parton's going to be in house tonight. And the fact that he tried to call into a radio show and got denied is just hilarious. But I, I thought you guys would uh, enjoy that here to kick off a Friday show. But, you know, Georgia is is what it is. 10-0, 7-0 in SEC play. We, we've mentioned that. Not only is Georgia getting better and better every single week. I think Georgia, this Georgia team right now, can give a run, uh, the past couple of Georgia teams, a run for their money, if you will, because I think this is a more well-rounded football team. Again, I've said it all week, lacking the name power at certain spots. Of course, somebody dove in my, my comment section earlier in the week saying, have you ever heard of Brock Bowers? Yes, I've heard of Brock Bowers. Um, clearly, I you know, Brock Bowers is a guy that you mentioned. He is a name, absolutely, but... Uh, you, you lost Jalen Carter's, the Jordan the Jordan Davises. You've lost the Nicobe Deans, the Nolan Smiths, the Christopher Smiths, the Keeley Ringos. I mean, you've lost a lot. <laughs> of course, Stetson Bennett, um, who was a Heisman finalist and should have been Hendon Hooker. It was disgraced that he was there in New York. But anyway, um, it, it just kind of is what it is. I think this Georgia team is, is kind of building into form and is a really, really good ball club. So obviously the challenge is going to be uh, severely high for Tennessee, but not only is Georgia getting better every single week, Georgia's getting healthier. Kendall Milton missed five games this season. He's back at running back. 
uh, Amiris Mims, the uh, you know former Tennessee target on the offensive line, he's been banged up. He's back on that offensive line that's given up just nine sacks. Um, of course, Brock Bowers, who we just mentioned, came back from tightrope surgery quicker than anybody expected and caught a touchdown last week. And of course, he's going to be ready for this Tennessee game. So getting healthier, getting better, that's a dangerous combination. So what does Tennessee need to do in order to be in this football game? Well, in my opinion, it's quite simple. You got to be you. Be you, be you. Get back to being who you are. And this year, it's stopping the run and it's running the football. And build off that. Easier said than done. I recognize that, especially because Tennessee has not had success running the football against Georgia each of the past two seasons under Josh Heupel. Been a great running football team. Averaged 200 yards a game, you know, in three years under Josh Heupel. Um, was leading the SEC and was tops, you know, one of the top rushing teams in the nation prior to the, uh, the, the the Missouri game. And then you just got shut out essentially and just couldn't find running room on the ground whatsoever. I understand Georgia's defense is going to be even better than that, but man, self IDs, um, you know, IDing the the end man on the line of scrimmage, you know, counting, getting your numbers right, hat on a hat. I think a lot of that pre-snap stuff was a little off against Missouri and people that I've spoken to, and so. You know, if you get in position, at least you give yourself a fighting chance. Tennessee's got to run the football. Tennessee has got to um, get that tempo going. Because, again, sure, this is now the third time teams in the Southeastern Conference have seen this tempo, so it's not brand new, but it's still something that they're not going up against every single week. Use your tempo to your advantage. Run the football. Get that first first down, and then build off that. Joe Milton has got to have his best game of his career if Tennessee's going to win this game. Absolute best game of his career. He's got to run the football. He's got to be mindful, situational awareness on third downs, in the red zones, free plays. you got to take advantage of all those things. And Joe Milton's going to have to you know, run on his own. They're going to have to call some design runs for him, especially if the run game is not where it needs to be in this football game. Joe Milton has yet to throw for over 300 yards as the starting quarterback in the University of Tennessee. That's a stat that's just still mind-blowing to me that we're now here in week 11 of the football season. If Tennessee's going to win, Joe Milton 100% is going to throw for over 300 yards. Um, and, and potentially, you know, for it to be a ball game in the fourth quarter, you're still going to have to throw for over 300 yards. Joe Milton's got to be his best version of himself. Tennessee's got to protect him. Tennessee's got to run the football. And again, I mean, you're you're looking at some guys. There's not a lot of star power for Tennessee, a wide receiver right now. you got to utilize the weapons that you have, and your best weapon out there is Squirrel White. Get him involved. Get him early, running, stretching the defense horizontally. And he's been, honestly, your best deep threat so far this season as well. Take some shots down the field. But it all starts with the run game. Defensively, I truly, truly believe, <clears throat> excuse me, you have got – to be versatile, you've got to be multiple, you've got to switch things up. If you find something and it's working, stick with it, sure. But if they're still getting theirs or, or if you're not being able to stop them whatsoever, I would just be super, super versatile, super, super multiple and mix some things up. That's not really Tim Banks' MO. Um, he used to be really, really aggressive, not been as aggressive this football season, putting a lot of faith in that front line to get back to the quarterback. Well, I got news for you, okay? You had three sacks at Missouri in the first half, no sacks in the second half. Why? And then you look at Georgia. It's a unit that's getting healthier, and it's given up only nine sacks in ten games a season. It is going to be a challenge to get home and bring the quarterback down. Can you affect the quarterback? Can you hit the quarterback? Can you pressure the quarterback? Can you force Carson Beck, who is second in the league in passing at 3,022 yards, Completing 72% of his passes, a lot of those are dinks and dunks. I recognize that. I, I know how to read the Pro Football Focus spray charts. 
I recognize that. But can you affect him? Can you get in his head? And if you can't get there with four, please, for the love of God, send Aaron Beasley from the second layer. Send Wesley Walker from the third layer. Send Tamari McDonald off the edge. Send Jordan Thomas, whoever's playing that star position. You've got, uh, and Tony Vitello said Monday that Tamari McDonald would probably have the opportunity to play this week. We'll see if he's out there. Uh, you've got to mix some things up. Keep them guessing. Do not be married to one scheme all game long. It's going to get you beat. Don't be married to it. Throw the kitchen sink at him. I mean, if you get beat, you get beat. Just move on and play the next snap. I, I, you know, with the home crowd behind you, Tennessee is truly a different team on the road than it is at home. No ifs, ands, buts about it. Tennessee is a different team away from Neyland Stadium. The team inside Neyland Stadium, for the most part, pretty good. Is that going to be good enough to beat Georgia? I don't know. I'm not picking Tennessee to win this game. It just is what it is. I would be a fool, and I would be doing you guys a disservice if I picked Tennessee to win this game. If you don't like it, sorry. Sorry, I picked Tennessee literally to win every game this year, but this one. So you're welcome for the win, the huge upset. <laughs> but, I mean, going off of what happened last week, and I know it's just one game, but you'd be an absolute fool to pick Tennessee to win this game. And again, that's not to say that I don't think Tennessee can win this game. Tennessee does some things really well, and some of these things that they do really well, they do in terms of the best in the nation, Okay. At points in times, you've gotten out the quarterback so well. You've, you've stopped the run. You've run the football. Um, if you can just do the things you're not to do the things you're good at at a high level in this game and do the things that you struggle with at a little bit better. Like you, when you get in the red zone, you got to cash in. Got to cash in. Threes are not going to win this football game. So I run the, it all starts with the run on offense and defense. Stop the run. Run the football. Build off that. Throw the kitchen sink at Georgia on defense. Mix some things up. Be multiple. Blitz from the second and third layer. Okay. Um, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Carson Beck running an awful lot, but if you need to, do a little pirate spy if you need to, okay? And it's going to be more of an in-the-box game. It's going to be more of a phone booth game, much like the Kentucky game. Uh, Brock Bowers can can take you out of that phone, bo phone booth. I recognize that. But it's going to be kind of like that type of game. Excel on that if you're Elijah Herring. Excel on that if you're Aaron Beasley. We'll see what happens. Tennessee's won 14 straight at home. Um, Boogie's going to ask me here in segment two or three, one of the two, if I expect the, the, the environment at Neyland stadium to be wild because of, uh, you know, coming off the Missouri game and a lot of casual fans selling their tickets. I wholeheartedly expect Neyland stadium to be wild. I do. I truly do because you only get 12 Saturdays a year. You go to that van, you go, you go to that game and as you, you as a fan, what you can control is how loud you are. It's about the only thing you can control. And I expect that environment to be awesome. If you're going to the game, Tell me how it is, man. Uh, I, I mean, I'll be there. I'll be in the press box because it's not open air. Sometimes we can hear it. Sometimes we can't. Um, I'm expecting a much better performance from Tennessee. I am. I'm expecting a much better performance from Tennessee. Will it be enough? I don't know. We'll see. Um, boy, it'd be a great, great upset. <laughs> it would be a great cherry on, on, on top if you could win this football game and, and really kind of salvage some of the disappointing losses on the schedule. But again, we will see what happens. Boogie Bentley's coming up next here in segments two and three. We go predictions. We talk about some keys for Tennessee in this football game. All that and more is coming up next right here on Lockdown Balls. Do you want to tell you about our friends, Price Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. I've had so much fun this year winning up to 25 times my money this football season and now i can play during basketball season as well all you do two or more players less than or more than and watch your winnings roll in after you place your entry 
Uh, with basketball season here, you can pick combination picks across football and basketball with the Specials League. The league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For an example, you can go LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. All that and more, plus you get a $100 instant deposit match on your first entry by doing the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. PricePix.com slash LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Use that promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for an instant deposit match up to $100. All that and more. It's a PricePix. Week getting ready for Georgia by welcoming on the voice of the common fan from Talking Vols Network. That is Boogie Bentley. Boogie, uh, big game coming up, right? We were joking beforehand. I mean, this, this is a big game for Tennessee. Yeah? Is it? Is it a big game? Because you you always sell it that I'm the voice of the common fan. So if I'm the voice of the common fan, I'm just going to turn the camera off, turn the microphone off, and, and go sit and watch something else on TV. I'm going to find something else to do. Look, people that tune in to us on a weekly basis, they're diehard, they're obsessed, they love this football team. But there's a lot of casuals that are done with this football team. How do they respond on Saturday? I want to see how this football team responds. The words from Cooper Mays this week, the words from Jacob Warren this week, they're talking about a different week, a new week. Take it one week at a time. We'll see if they're able to do that on Saturday. they got a big one in front of them. I just uh, – again, this is what we do for a living, so we're obsessed, and that's fair. But I just – if you're a football fan, if you're a college football fan, you – you literally get 12 Saturdays a year that's guaranteed. I mean, Tennessee's going to get another one, obviously, going bowling. But, I mean, you get a guaranteed, and it's it's the top-ranked Georgia Bulldog. First of all, it's a rivalry game. Second off, you're playing at home where you haven't lost in 14 tries. Third of all, again, it's the no, it's the team with the number one by their name. I mean, that should get you fired up. And and I get it. And we can talk about this, but, I mean, you know, last Saturday was abysmal. Just abysmal. And I get it. I mean, there's a, there a thread on VolQuest earlier today you know, talking about how none of us are giving Tennessee a chance to win. I mean, if Tennessee plays as good as it can, at, like it has at points in time this year, it can absolutely play with Georgia. But after what you just did to Missouri, I mean, how can you feel confident about it? But, I mean, the fact that you're playing Georgia at home, it should get you fired up, and we'll see what happens. But, I mean, from a fan perspective, I'd be, I'd be uh, yeah, you might not like the result potentially, but I'd still be fired up about the game. Yeah, I think it's not because they lost, right? It's how they lost. It's yes. the fact that they got just absolutely physically manhandled up front. Guess what? Georgia's offensive line and defensive line, a little bit better than Missouri's. So, man, it's just it's how they lost that I think has this fan base deflated. But, again, it doesn't matter what I think, what you think, what the fans think. What matters is what those guys in that locker room think, what this coaching staff thinks. So, I'm interested to see how they, they bounce back. I was looking at Heupel's numbers, how he comes off of a loss, 12-2. and two coming off of a loss, 7-1 and one at Tennessee, 5-1 and one at UCF. But, you know, I kind of laughed about last year. We, a lot of people comparing this Missouri game to that South Carolina game. Well, you bounced back. You responded against Vanderbilt. This ain't Vanderbilt. This is the number one team in the country. They're the number one team in the country for a reason. But, again, if that doesn't fire you up, if, if this Tennessee locker room can't get fired up to go out and play Georgia, you're in the wrong sport. Yeah, you're exactly right, and, and, and I'm, I feel like you've heard me say it a couple times this week. That's why you've been saying it, so I'm exactly right. It's not that you <laughs> lost. It's how you lost. I mean, it was just – just I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. Just disgusting. Um, but having said that, man, what does um, – you, know, you as a fan, I mean, what, what does this Georgia game mean for you? I know you're up top in the Tri-Cities area, but there's a lot of, a lot of crossover down in Chattanooga, man, at that border. I cannot stand Georgia Bulldog. You know me, man. The clip, the famous clip that floats around the internet all the time. 
There are no good Georgia fans, Eric. There are none. But look, this this is a good football team. And I, and I feel like last year, right? Last year, so many people said, this Georgia team, they're not as good as they used to be, playing a lot of close games, playing a lot of tight games. This year, it's the same song and dance. Everybody says, oh, it's not the – it reminds me of Alabama. Every year, people say it's not the same old Alabama, but they keep going out. They keep winning football games. This football team has not lost – what is it? I got yelled at from my video this morning. 27 straight games? You've not lost in 27 games. You're the number one team in the country until somebody proves otherwise. They've got playmakers. I was listening to your video this morning talking about how, you know, you, you don't see those dominant defensive players. What is it? What's the number? 34 players drafted in the last three years, something like that. So many first-round draft picks, but then it's like, well, here's another five-star. Here's another five-star. And this secondary, five this secondary is so good for Georgia. Um I mean, again, no Christopher Smith, no Keely Ringo. This Lasseter kid's going to be a first-rounder. Uh, the, the Starks guys, a two-time All-American that, you know, was just – you just forgot about him because you had all these other guys. Um, again, the secondary is still – I mean, the defense overall is still really, really good, but the secondary might be even better potentially than what it was last year. Tyke Smith is a stud. Yeah, right Tyke Smith, the, he like second in the league in interceptions. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right up there at the top. He's a gamer, and also he's he's forty six tackles, second second leading tackler on the football team. He's a gamer. He's a baller, and and it's funny, you know. Well, I, I, that sentence was not going to work out. I was going to say it's funny when you talk about an injury. Well, it's not really funny when you talk about an injury, but you talk about plugging in a true freshman linebacker in C.J. Allen. Well, what does he do? He just goes out against Ole Miss and leads the team in tackles. That's yeah. that's what Georgia's built on: plug and play. So much talent. Does Neyland Stadium like? You know, we talk about the pulse of the fan base, and you and I talk all the time about, you know, obviously when you're on the internet, it's a little bit different. I think maybe even a vocal minority of people versus the true fan that's in Neyland Stadium on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be an impact in Neyland? We talk about the winning streak and the sellouts and all that type of stuff. Coming off of that whipping from last week, 36-7, embarrassed. Is Neyland going to be rocking? Is Neyland going to be electric? Because right now I feel like this fan base is down. But, again, how does YouTube translate to the real world and, and to the fans that are in the stands? Yeah, you talk about those casual fans a moment ago. There's a lot of people in that stands that don't get on the internet. Or, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. They don't, get, they don't watch our shows. Okay, right. uh, they don't, they're, they're not subscribers to VolQuest.com. I mean, it's there's a lot of people to go to those games. And, I mean, I, I just remember that, you know, 2019 20, 2020 of course but 2018 2019 when you know it, it, you look out there and you'd be like man they announced 72,000 there's not there might not or they announced 85,000 there ain't 80,000 got people in the stadium right now I mean I feel like a little bit of that conversation that, that's kind of how it feels like this Saturday I mean again you're seven and three and I'm not even gonna remotely try to like talk about what happened last week that was an embarrassment that was an abomination again the loss wasn't the issue it's how you lost it was just pathetic but like you, you know, you're still miles and miles and miles and miles ahead of where you were. So like, yes, to answer your question, I 100% believe stadium's gonna be rocking. They're gonna be loud. They're gonna get in there and they're they're gonna they're gonna root when things go well. They're gonna you know get loud whenever it's third down and Georgia's trying to convert. I 100% believe that Neyland's gonna be rocking. And if people are giving away their tickets, that's great. Just give them to a Tennessee fan, and it's gonna be you know addition by subtraction, subtraction by addition, whatever that saying is. I was never good at math. Uh, point being, yes, I believe Neyland will have an impact. Will it be a reason Tennessee wins the game? If it wins the game, hell yeah. Will it be – is that going to propel Tennessee to victory? I mean, probably not. Let, let's be real about this. But I think Georgia – I think that fan base and, and uh, Neyland Stadium will be rocking. 
Come out, start fast, get Neyland Stadium in, in the game. You can't start slow, man. You can't let Georgia – I think was it you that was talking on Monday saying this team's not really built to come from behind? Talk with so many people. I don't know if you said that or not. You say I steal everything you say, but did you say that or did I steal it from somebody uh, About else? Tennessee or Georgia? Tennessee. Uh, I, said, I, I said that it hasn't come from behind well under Heibel, but it is built to come from behind. See, somebody else offense. said they weren't built to come from behind. See, I, I, I stream with too many people, and I can't still. If I'm going to steal material, I got to get it right. Here's the bottom line: <laughs> Georgia. This is this is the voice of the common fan. This is what happens when you let the 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 unprofessional, non-professional. We're off to a great start. Let's talk about Georgia and not being tested on the road. If Tennessee starts fast, if Neyland Stadium's rocking, has Georgia really been tested on the road? You know, it's something people talked about their schedule going into this year. What a weak schedule. Such a lame schedule. Really, the only game they've been tested on the road is at Auburn, and they won 27-20, kind of limped their way to victory. Auburn kind of gift-wrapped it. They threw, I think, for less than 100 yards in that football game. The only other road game was Vanderbilt, 37-20. Vanderbilt doesn't count in any records or any stats or anything like that. Uh, but Georgia's not really been tested. Can Tennessee bounce back and respond, get Neyland and rocking, and see if Georgia struggles on the road? Yeah, let's see. Also in that Auburn game, they ran for over 200 yards, something that Georgia, if I was doing a hit before you and I were doing a hit, and the Georgia uh, reporter – I believe what he said was in that Auburn game when they allowed 200 yards rushing, that's the first time it's happened since 2018. I mean, I would have to go look that up. Good Lord. Like, that, that that's insane if that was true. But point being, Auburn ran the football on Georgia. Cody Schrader ran the football on Georgia. Um, Tennessee's going to have to run the football on Georgia. Yes, this would be one of the few times they would be tested on the road in a true road environment this year. Um, I don't remember Georgia's schedule in 2021, but Tennessee came down there and punched them in the mouth in the first quarter. We're leading 14 to seven or 14 to 10, whatever it was. But we saw Georgia respond. Um, can Tennessee delay that response? Can Tennessee really push this into be a second second half football game and and have a be in a position to win this football game in the fourth quarter? You know, we will see. We will see. Uh, more with Boogie coming up here in a moment. Do want to tell you about our friends over at um, Prize Picks. Just kidding. We're going to talk about Athletic Brewing Company right now. Love Prize Picks. Talk about Prize Picks all the time. But right now, I'm going to talk about Athletic Brewing Company. Uh, game changer of the week. Who needs to be the game changer in this football game? Uh, so many different players we can point to, but I don't think I'm breaking news here. If for Tennessee to win this game and pull out the upset, <coughs> Joe Milton has to have his best game he's ever played in his life. It's not going to be a Texas A&M top football game where you throw for 100 yards, you get a special teams touchdown, you know, have a pick six. None of that was against South Carolina, but do great things defensively and win. That's not going to be good enough for Georgia. You need all those things. You would you would welcome all those things, but your quarterback's going to have to come to play. And um, he didn't have his best game against Missouri, but he's playing better at this point in time than he was earlier in the season. So game changer this weekend has got to be Joe Milton. Got to be Joe Milton. I'll tell you who's the game changer in the non-alcoholic brew game. That is Athletic Brewing Company. Great tasting, award-winning, beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They have over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden, sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited-edition experimental styles to add to their variety. Boogie was telling me earlier, he's a big athletic brewing company guy, loves the sours of the non-alcoholic beer game. Plus, fit for all times, no hangovers. Do it while you're at the gym, while you're driving down the road, while you're hanging out at the kids' game. Again, it's a non-alcoholic brew, okay? So no hangovers fit for all times. Go to go to uh, athleticbrewingcompany.com 
Athleticbrewing.com. Customers can use the promo code Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, for 15% off at Athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. We got one more segment left from this Friday edition of Locked On. Talking Vols, that's what we like to call it. Locked On Vols welcomes Boogie Bentley of the Talking Vols Network. It is Tennessee and Georgia. All right, Boogie, put it out there, man. I mean, percentage chance you got Tennessee winning this game. Let's get real here. Oh, my gosh. Battered Vol syndrome is real, <laughs> man. Like, it is so real as I sit here trying to get my final stuff together and make my predictions for my show that happened two days ago and then make the prediction here. Man, I, I <laughs> do you want me to just be honest? Yes. Want, is that what you want? Yes. Tennessee's not winning this game on Saturday. Like, I have okay. no confidence. Like, God bless Donovan Milliken. Donovan's in my chat, your chat, VolQuest. He's all over the place. When the, the clock struck zero against Missouri, he's in our Facebook group saying, Vols are going to roll in this game. Here's why. It's a week-by-week basis. And, and I know, man, I know. A wise man once told me it's not that you lost, it's how you lost. That Missouri game is stuck in my mind, and it's not going away. Let me ask you a question. Can yep. you truly separate as a competitor, as a football team? It's a week-by-week season. Can you truly put that in the rearview mirror? and go to work and get ready for Georgia. It's hard. It's hard for fans. It's hard for players. If you're mature enough, if you have good leadership on your football team, and I think that there's leaders on this team, but I think it's not nearly where the leaders were on this team last year. Um, I think this is overall a mature football team in certain aspects, but you still see undisciplined football leading to penalties and all that. So if you have a mature football team, then yes, I truly think you can. I just don't know where Tennessee is on that scale. Um, I mean, you you brought you threw out the stat earlier, like what Josh Heupel is as a head coach coming off losses. It's a really good record. That would that would kind of lend me to say, okay, well Tennessee's really good coming off losses. But as you also said, uh, you know this isn't UT Martin, this isn't Vanderbilt. Okay, this is this is Georgia number one, and so it's going to be tough. Um, there's no there, there's no reason for people to feel bad about saying Tennessee's not going to win this game. What have you done for me lately? Tennessee didn't do anything in Missouri. Georgia, in retrospect, is playing its best football right now. I look at it this way. You're playing at home, and I truly do believe Tennessee is a different team on the road than it is at home. If you can get back to doing what you do best, then you will have a chance to to win this game. Will you win this game? I'm not picking Tennessee to win this game because I'm not stupid. Uh, I'm not crazy. But can you play with Georgia if you do the things that you do well? Well, then absolutely. But here's the issue. You haven't ran the football against Georgia since Josh Hopple's been here in two games. You haven't done that. Um, last time out, Tennessee couldn't you know, stop a cold there with Cody Schrader. Can you stop the run? Can you run the football? Can you give yourself a chance? That's what you know, that's my keys. It's super simple, but that's my keys, man. I mean, I mean, run the football, stop the football, go see if you got a chance and, and see where it is in the second half. Yeah, it's it's so comical because, you know, a week ago, we're on here talking about two quarters of football. The, George, or the Alabama game, the Florida game, this football team, you take those two quarters away, they could be undefeated. It felt like Tennessee was playing their best football, right? And now there's this narrative that – I truly do believe Georgia is playing their best football. They're, I agree. They're a team that is trending up. They're on a rocket ship for the, for the three-peat. And then on the other side of that, you got Tennessee, who everybody says is trending down. Are they real, really trending down, or was it just one game? Because all leading up to the Missouri game, we're talking about how Joe Milton playing his best football, right? They were yep. trending up. 
up. They were playing good football, but then you laid an egg. So it's just hard to sit here and have the confidence that Tennessee is going to go out and play with the Georgia Bulldogs. You, you mentioned leadership a second ago. Like, do they have any leadership? Is Joe a leader? One of, one of my biggest questions going into this year with Joe and how he leads. Hendon was a leader. He was a silent assassin, man. They would go to war with that guy. Joe, and, and no no disrespect to Joe, he likes to goof off, be silly, have a good time. Everybody handles pressure and stress you know, in their own way. That's fine for a leader when you're winning. And my question going into this year was what happens when adversity hits and, and things aren't going your way and you're down two touchdowns and you need somebody to lead you back and your leader's dancing and, and joking around on the sideline. That, that's a problem. And, and I, I saw somewhere that Dylan Sampson was the guy that tried to fire everybody up at halftime. What does that tell you? Senior, leader, senior leadership? You got a sophomore? A sophomore's got to get you fired up to go out and play Missouri? Man, that, that's, that's hard to hear. What does the leadership look like in this locker room? I don't know. Again, I, I, won't, I wouldn't say that it's like horrible. There's nothing there. There's nobody that can lead. But, I mean, again, I'll, I'll continue to say, like, there was leaders on this football team last year, and they're gone. I mean, Jerome Carvin was a leader. Um, Hendon Hooker was a leader. Cedric Tillman was a leader. I mean, Byron Young was a lead. Like, these guys led. Jeremy Banks was – I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh. Just kidding, wow. just kidding. See, I drag you into the mud every oh, single yeah. Friday. Drag you in the mud. Dylan Sampson uh, on a sidebar. You're right, though. It should not be your sophomore running back that's, that's often the second or third look back there, which I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, I think he should be the lead back next year, depending on what happens. Anyway, that should not be the guy trying to rally the troops there on the sideline on the SEC road game. But having said that, he's a part of the ball leaders thing. Um, everybody, he, he's, he's a part of the leadership committee. I, I think there's like 20 players on there. Everybody is super, super impressed by Dylan Sampson, um, you know, as a young guy. But anyway, I just – Tennessee was, I thought, playing some good football. Um, Joe Milton was playing some good football. Uh, Kentucky, there was a lot of positives there. Of course, UConn is what it is, but Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to. But the game still happened at Missouri. Like, it's not like you can just erase it and say, oh, well, it was just one game on the road. No, it's a second half at, at Alabama on the road. It's a second quarter at Florida on the road. It's – it still happens, so you got to take into account with that. It's never as good as it appears. It's never as bad as it appears. Uh, but it, it, you have a hard time convincing me that it's not as bad as it appears because that at Missouri was just so, so bad. But anyway, you have you have got to move on because if you don't move on, if you're not getting a good week of practice in this week, I mean, Georgia will literally smack you in the face. And it's not feeling sorry for you. You're at home. You play better at home. Um, I'm just I, I am I am so intrigued to see about this football game. Because I want, I like you. I want to see how Tennessee responds. I think that they're going to play better at home. I think the environment's going to be great. Um, I think Tennessee will run the football at home because that's what Tennessee does. Will it be enough? We'll see. Uh, again, I uh, Georgia with with Carson back, and I think Georgia. I know we're all over the place right now. I think Georgia offensively. I've noticed the last couple of segments, last couple of Fridays with you. <laughs> We're all over the place, but I think that's good radio. It makes it fun. I think people like me dragging you into the mud. They like yeah, yeah, they, they, they see a little bit of the real caner, not just that radio voice with that perfect hair. That they see what you look like off air. That's what it's all need about. A, Let me see if I can get right you now. all frazzled, and uh, then we'll just have some fun. I think Georgia um, offensively is so much better than what it was offensively last year. I uh, talked about it all offseason. Carson Beck is an upgrade physically from Stetson Bennett. The wide receiver room's not even close. Ra-Ra Thomas, who's like fourth fiddle. Dominic Lovett, who's second fiddle. Rosemary Jack Saint, who's been there and they can count on him. 
Um, there's a couple other. Lad McConkey, who is a stud. And then, oh, yeah, you got Brock Bowers, who's a human cheat code. The offense for Georgia is so much better than what it was last year. Really been impressed with Georgia's offense. And it's going to be a tall task for Tennessee. I hope they throw the kitchen sink at them. I hope they mix some things up. And I hope they blitz like crazy and try to play to the strengths for Tennessee's defense. Yeah, man, going into the year, I thought it was comical that people talk about Stetson Bennett. Man, what are we going to do without Stetson Bennett? Georgia's not going to be the same. They don't have Stetson Bennett. And I get it. What a great story. Walk on to all, all the stuff that he did at Georgia, the national championships, the trophies, the accolades. Uh, guess what? You're right. He he is an upgrade. They have an upgrade now in Carson Beck. And it's it's even talking – oh, he's, he's only thrown for 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's just – Casually thrown for over 3,000 yards, which is second in the SEC. Yep. You're going to say, like, Carson Beck's not doing anything? And he's oh, – by the way, he completes 72% of his passes. 72% on pace to beat Stetson Bennett's record for completion percentage. Carson Beck's a good football player. Yeah, again, I mean, you, you mentioned all the names. Of course, Brock Bowers comes back the week before they play Tennessee. Lad yeah. McConkey missed the first half of the season, still has 26 catches, 418 yards, two touchdowns. It's not the Georgia of old. Yeah, they're scoring 40 points a game. They're sixth in the country in scoring offense, still holding teams to 15 points defensively. Tennessee has their hands full. That's why I say 0%. <laughs> end of the day, as, as, as we finish things off right now, end of the day, as you said, Tennessee's got its hands full. Georgia playing its best football. I think Georgia's a better football team all around than what it was, even though there's not, not flash and all that. Um Tennessee still, in my opinion, can win this game, and it can make things interesting, but you've got to play your best football. It's almost kind of like the Alabama game last year where you almost had to play a perfect game. Um, I don't think you have to play a perfect, perfect game because I don't think Georgia will score 50-plus points. It'll still score a lot, but you gotta have you got to steal some possessions. you got to have things go your way, and you have to do what you do well. And um, if that happens, then absolutely Tennessee can knock off Georgia. I'm not predicting it because I watched the game last week. Uh, but uh, I'm still excited to watch this uh, coming up this weekend. All right. Uh, had fun, as always, with you um, all over the place. You guys will do a post-game show, which hopefully it won't be too bad <laughs> on Saturday. What else you got coming up as we get into the weekend? This upload on Friday will be live Friday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Going to break down this Tennessee-George game. Look, we record these ahead of time. I'm yep. a little negative right now. I'm still hung over from the Missouri game. I'm trying to get myself back to where I need to be. So maybe that zero will become 3% by Friday. Come hang out with us at 930. We go live an hour before the game with the fan call-in show. That's where you guys get to come on and say whatever you want to say. Well, for the most part, whatever you want to say. And then also we're live immediately after the game uh, for the post-game show. Boogie, I appreciate it as always, man. And uh, here's to uh, some increase in optimism before kickoff, all right? Mm. Optimism. I'm not very uh, we're getting rid of him. All right, that was Boogie Bentley. Go check him out. Uh, usually he's not that big of a stick in the mud, but he is really good at what he does. Go check him out. Uh, Talking Vols Network. Give that a subscription if you haven't already on YouTube. Hey, it's Tennessee and Georgia. I, for one, am super excited to see how this team responds. I, for one, super excited to get back to Neyland Stadium and see that environment, one of the best in college football. In my humble opinion, it is the best in college football. And uh, if you're going to the game, uh, come say hi. If not, watch it on TV. Win or lose, we will talk about it Saturday nights right here on Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys and enjoy the weekend, everybody.